Welcome to the May 2018 edition of Bookplate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top of the page. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. And now for introductions. I am Annie, your apprentice sound engineer and podcast editor, proud member, and perpetual cheerleader of the San Francisco chapter of Forever Young Adult. I'm Britt, also from SFFYA. And I'm Amanda, and I'm the third member of the San Francisco chapter <laughs> of Forever Young Adult. Are either of you writing for the website right now? Uh, not right now. I did a series of Supernatural recaps through eight seasons, and then I quit because they won't stop doing Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> and I just couldn't face it anymore. <laughs> I was writing like book reviews for a while, but the school year, I just like couldn't keep up with um with both so now that it's summer maybe i'll try to catch up on <laughs> some of the reviews well that is to say we love forever young adult and <laughs> do the <laughs> most for them <laughs> that we can <laughs> and now for our amuse bouche for those that don't know or are just turning in we discuss our books like a meal and we start off with the amuse bouche humans have colonized the solar system as gods in the form of a new master class intent on reinforcing a division of labor based on color. Ostensibly, each color has been forcibly evolved to physically embody the best traits for their position in the workforce. The story starts with the lowest of colors, a red, who lives in the mines of Mars, toiling to make the surface livable for humans. After a small celebration that breaks one of the many rules of the class system, Darrow's wife is killed which leads him on a journey of discovery into onto the surface and into a body of a master class member. He becomes a gold in order to take down the system from within. This is the first in a series by Pierce Brown. Anything I missed? I had a really hard time writing that. It's like a complicated <laughs> premise. It's, it's really complicated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for our other t- cover takes where we ask our significant others or friends or family um, or strangers what they think the book is about... <laughs> By just looking at the cover, my other Jamile said, some type of new beginning Phoenix type thing. And then I tried to get him to say more, and he would not. He was like, I'm going with Phoenix type thing. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking up the cover because there's a quote on the cover. And Garrett read the, oh, here it is. It says, oh, wait, that's a different quote. The one that I showed him had a quote that says, crap, I can't find it. It was something like, Hunger Games meets Game of Thrones, probably. Yeah, something like that. And so he looked at the quote and um, he said, so it's probably a book that pits many children against each other for the fight of their lives. But without having read that, he would have looked at the cover and said, I would have thought it was about a phoenix named Red who has risen again. So Sweet. <laughs> I like that the phoenix name is Red. <laughs> My husband, Phil, refused to participate in the game because uh, <laughs> there's a movie series called Red Riding that's a noir film series. And it is exactly the same color cover. Really? It is exactly the same cover. It is that the red wing against the background. And so he's just like, well, I would just assume it's a rip off of those movies. Oh, here's the quote. Ender, Katniss, and now Darrow. Uh, so that's uh, why he was like, uh, children fighting to the death. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I actually liked, I liked the dark, like, it's very graphic. There's no people, and, and it's like somewhat simple in that way. And I liked that aspect of it. And it's definitely it like carries through throughout the series. The rest of the books have the same type of cover, and so I liked that. I'm not pro people on 
people on books. I'm, you know, but that's just uh, that's just why I I like graphic covers, so I liked it. Um, but now that I know that, I'm like ah, because I think, well, we don't have to get fully into this, but apparently, I read the I read the full series because I love to torture myself. <laughs> I couldn't even <laughs> with make it misogyny this one. <laughs> and <laughs> extreme violence against women, and. Uh, <laughs> At the end, I read the author's note, and he, like, thanked Terry Brooks, who, like, apparently... Sort of Shannara Terry Brooks. So, who who apparently, like, became a friend, was a mentor, and became a friend. And I saw something on Twitter about, like, how awful a person Terry Brooks apparently is and has been for many years. And oh. I was like, oh, that makes sense that these guys would be friends. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> not saying that Pierce Brown is a terrible person, but he does love to throw in that just, like violent misogyny as as everyday food for the people and, and characters in his story it it's just yeah really is his way of standing in of actually having character development he's like i know let's think of a world in the future but let's make sexism still like an enormous thing and actually regress it like a couple hundred years that's definitely space travel and also marrying off girls at 14 it totally goes together <laughs> uh, <laughs> i had so many problems with this book <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't get through it well, you couldn't get through it. You didn't finish it. I didn't. I, I looked up either. a couple summaries and I was still super confused because um, it gets complicated, but it gets really complicated. I just, I couldn't do it. I gave up on like the fifth rape. <laughs> it was like, no, <laughs> not for me. Yeah, no, it's so intense. It is. I mean, I, yeah, I can talk about why I didn't, but I'm, I'm also, like I said, a self-torture of, <laughs> <laughs> especially when it comes to science fiction of like male science fiction authors. I like force myself to read them so that I can speak poorly about them. <laughs> 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 but, uh, <That's> legit. <laughs> our appetizers for this book are rations. And my topic that I'm bringing up is subsets of humans, which is basically eugenics. Mm -hmm. So that's like one of the premises of this book. He thinks eugenics is actually a thing, except that humans accelerated it with surgery and technolo technological modifications. And so my main issue with this is that I was like, how are we supposed to believe the races are different, but that they could create one with surgery? Like, is it, I couldn't figure out like what the premise was. Like, did we make them through surgery and technology or did people actually divide out based on their skills? And then my ma major issue is like, if we've evolved so far into the future and we have all these colors and all these races, why do we still only have two genders? Because it was written not. by a cis dude. I mean, right. <laughs> but like, I just did not buy it. Like there was no wiggle room at all for like, non-gendered or like non-gender identity people or like not even trans people although technically he's kind of trans even though he doesn't transition sex he transitions bodies like he's transracial he he's, he's tra rachel dolezal oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like he's wolverine yeah <laughs> like he gets everything new and i was like how are you i just couldn't understand it it doesn't it has no it makes no sense just reading this book it felt like i have read this book so many times through other books like there are so many other bits and pieces of ya books that that i feel like i was just rereading put together in this book and probably the first example that came to my mind was red queen which came out shortly after this one, but I read Red Queen first, and I don't know, maybe it, this book would have been slightly better if I had read it before, but I don't think so. Because it's like the same concept where the Silvers are like the elites, 
and the reds are like you know the workers or whatever and it's about a red who like infiltrates the silvers and pretends to be one of them but the whole thing in red queen is that reds have red blood and silvers have silver blood so the way that they explained it to the population or whatever was that she was a silver who was like adopted by reds and thought she was a red this whole time but it turns out she's really a silver and i'm like for that to make any kind of sense that means a 17 year old girl has never seen her own blood so what she's never gotten a paper cut or her period like what and just reading this book i'm like oh it's the reds and the goldens i've read this before (laughs) yeah wow and i mean were they literally like pink or green or they like had eyes that, like red eyes golden eyes that's my eyes other issue is like some of them do and some of them don't like the obsidians are white it's <laughs> it was really confusing i i thought is it like i was i just assumed it was a divergent type scenario where we've decided for some reason we're dividing society into six factions and that you know is how people organize themselves it's fine that's totally a thing that happens but um they seem to sometimes imply that people actually were the color of yes, their some of them are. I, I, I when it, he first started talking about the red, I assumed that was, you know, the dust from Mars settling on him that mm. like gave him a reddish appearance, but maybe not. Maybe he was literally like they fire engine red. Definitely mention having the reds having red eyes. Yeah, they have red eyes and red hair, and their sigils, which are, I couldn't figure out if you were born with the sigils or if they put them in your skin once you were born. He doesn't really go over that, but everyone has the sigils. And then he even like switches those out, right? Right. And then eventually he gets to a place where he has no sigils. But again, I read this series, so <laughs> <laughs> and it's you know, but um, yeah, like it's really it, I found that confusing as well because it was clear that some of them did and some of them didn't, so it wasn't consistent. So then I was like, well, then what is the archetype of the race as you see it as the color? Like it didn't make sense. It was clearly just a device. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to the main course, which is raw wolf meat. So this is our Roman Houses Hunger Games remix. <laughs> and my question is, how did the Roman Houses work for you? Did you find the classical era theme interesting or was it just a gimmick? <laughs> <laughs> I second the raspberry. <laughs> Again, it just felt like so many things I've read before. So there's the Hunger Game aspect where like the kids have to fight to the death or whatever there's i'm like is he throwing percy jackson in there now like what they have to get to mount olympus and and then there's the part when he like builds an army out of the like dissenting slaves or whatever and he's like i'm gonna free you i'm not gonna make you serve me but like if i free you then maybe you could be loyal to me forever and i'm like so now he's daenerys targaryen i just (laughs) there's it's just uh (laughs) what is i can't find anything original in this book (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I thought the the houses were super cheesy. Again, when in my science fiction, I want future looking. I want forward concepts. I want things that I haven't thought of before. And now we're just going to go and dust off the Romans because we we moved past the Romans. So why is it the Romans are appealing to you in a way that you would bring them into the future? Why any other civilization is not up for that? Why is it the Romans? And I didn't feel there was a satisfactory explanation of that. I agree. There's really not a satisfactory explanation about like how the golds are the ones who went off planet and then colonized the world and then came back and destroyed Earth. You know, there's not. But apparently he's coming out with a book that will explain that. It's like, oh, well, if we just wanted to read seven books, deep, <laughs> then we'll finally get his logic. I think that's totally a good investment of my time. <laughs> like, 
Oh man, I unfortunately probably will read it. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> you can torture yourself and report it back. No, it's really so. I like when someone brings it up. It's like that's a good book. I'm like, well, let me tell you all the ways it's not. I mean, that's why I read the Twilight series. To be honest, <laughs> I was like, you know, let me actually read it so I can like say, no, I've read it and I can still tell you that it sucks. Right. And one thing that's interesting to me with this, if we're gonna focus on the Romans, and again, this goes in with the misogyny of it, and they have this competition. And they're constantly raping their female enemies, but not their male enemies. But Romans mm. had like homosexual relationships like built into their society. So why is that not focused on? I think I can't remember if. Well, did you get past? I got to about fifty-five percent. Okay, so then it turns out that the guy who was doing that is another red. Oh, Titus. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was also a red masquerading yeah. as a gold. Okay. So, I mean, I think that the rationale is, like, he was doing it to just, like, wreak havoc on the golds. But, of course, he was picking females to wreak havoc on. There are gold males who have homosexual relationships. The, mis- the, the rampant misogyny for me, like, not only in the clear violence against women, but also in all of their little jabs to each other. They're basically, like, making fun of each other at le- as if they're homosexuals, but then there's also homosexual relationships. Or as if they're women, like, they're feminizing them, like oh, might as well go put your panties on or something. There's like some, oh, there's the one about the the part about the, our legs are wide. When they're looking at yeah. the, the battle plane, they're like, our legs are wide open. Well, like maybe put a chastity belt on it. And I was like, wait, are you Rome or are you Middle Ages? Or like, what? Right. <laughs> where are your metaphors coming from, dude? Like, yeah. why would you? And they're constantly insulting the, the prostitute class. Yes. And even the main character himself says, well, these women are not innocent and they're not pure and he takes a savior complex with the girl in the cutter's office and this one i've decided to save it's just it's so gross yeah i I mean mean, that comes us back to burn him but yeah that that tone is set even from the beginning with like the whole the marriageable age for boys is 16 and for girls is 14 and i'm just like ew and he is constantly referring to like eo as like a little girl she's a little girl oh little eo but then like when she takes him to that like dome that has like the grass and the trees and the butterflies he's like and i'm a man and i made love to my wife and i was just (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) i can't and why isn't the book about eo they make a big deal of she's, saying she's that she's the catalyst sh- that kicks off like oh, his Well, I know that a woman has to die for a man to have a heroic journey. <laughs> That's just the way that stories work. Uh, but I did find myself wondering why they went so hard in the beginning to say why it couldn't be her, that she was just a dreamer and that she could not do action when I thought clearly she was doing action, you know? It just seemed odd. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, why can't she be the mocking jay like why does she have to set up for him to do it because she's the one who wants to do it and has like the passion and like wants to you know overthrow this chains of society or whatever but she does it so that he can do it i don't know and he doesn't even want to do it like at first so he never he's always like the reluctant he's always the reluctant superstar like he never gets to a point where like he's happy about what he's doing oh he's a stallion though (laughs) they called him a stallion three times in one chapter gross he could not be more Anne randian like (laughs) (laughs) like, he is the uber man like it's it's just i do think that the the way he described if you are into battles i think the way that he described the battles and like that part is well done I'm not like blood is not really my thing. I do like strategy, 
I think I think that's what kept me reading is like the way he had Darrow's character strategize about how to win is thinking outside of the box. And that's why eventually he like keeps, you know, that's why eventually he can succeed because he's not trapped in this like game that they've set up for him. I actually thought he was going to play the whole Hunger Games situation out and they don't. He like at the end, he basically overthrows the whole gaming system and then moves on to like in the story, he moves on to the next part to like overthrow the next piece of the government or of the next piece of the system and the next piece of the system. But he's always playing games. You know, he's never really like, it's always an uncomfortable situation. He's never happy. I don't think he probably ever will be happy, you know, which is not much consolation considering how how violent this <laughs> book is and how like it, it, it isn't that, it isn't new concepts about things and it's really awful tropes and at times like ext- extremely racist tropes as well. That's like the whole obsidian up. part and other pieces there. But what kept me interested was the thought process around how to get to the next part and he and it was one of the first books where I like hadn't guessed the ending I appreciated that I did not see coming what happened and every book I've read in the series has been that that said everything about it is still just like skin creepingly awful (laughs) (laughs) yeah I didn't get very far and then I um used book series recaps to um (laughs) fill myself in on the rest of it but the part when, or he's about to get hanged for cutting down Eo's body, and then um, his uncle drugs him, and like he wakes up in a coffin or whatever underground, and then um, the people who like are smuggling him out, there is Harmony who has like the scarred side of her face, but on the other side, she's beautiful, more beautiful than Eo. So first of all, his wife just died and like he's already comparing this other woman to like okay whatever, and then um, he describes her as pale as milk. And then on the very next page, then there's Ralph, who's remarkably ugly, dark face, like a hatchet. Like, huh, okay. So that's still a thing where, like, white and pale is seen as beautiful and dark is seen as, like, creepy and ugly. So, yeah, no. (laughs) No. I haven't really recommended this book to anybody. (laughs) I just thought I was done reading this book. I had to spend my entire childhood reading this Uh. book and having to overlook these things Mm. in order to have any hint of mars in my life but i think we have other options now for dessert we have begged or borrowed sugar and cream and we already talked about this a little bit but the forbidden song dance i i love the idea of art being powerful because i truly think it is but how do we feel about the forbidden song being a catalyst again it reminded me of the hunger games and the hanging tree song um that's like all i could think of and i'm just like well (laughs) been there (laughs) i don't know it seemed like when I read the what the song was, it just seemed like an Irish ballad. Yeah. It didn't have any real power. I didn't feel the power when I was reading the lyrics, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't if that wasn't like from their culture or whatever. But um, if they weren't, they were they not allowed to sing at all, or was it just this one song? It's just it's the one song. song. Yeah. So they sang other songs. They were a joyous, drunken. Like it's such a trope of the drunken Irishman. Like all of it's so. <laughs> I mean, when I think of the Forbidden Dance, I just think of like the Lovata, right? The, you know, that movie from the eighties, <laughs> <laughs> the sexy dance. I don't know, like one thing. If it was all prohibited, like all art was prohibited, I think the concept might have been more powerful for me than just one. Piece yeah, of art. I was. There's kind of a common theme in some like future dystopian books where art is like banned or like severely restricted by like the government. I think. Is it matched? I can't tell if it's matched or the giver because matched is the giver. 
Um, <laughs> but in one of those books, there's only a hundred permitted things in each art form or whatever. So there's like a hundred oh, wow. books, a hundred like paintings, a hundred whatever that have been like deemed acceptable and the rest is just like forbidden. So there's that idea that that art is this powerful force and that by trying to keep it under wraps, like they're trying to stifle people's creativity and the ability to think for themselves. And so I like that concept, but yeah, this one forbidden song, I was just like, I don't really get it. (laughs) I feel like Amanda like hit my opinion on the head the whole i read the lyrics and i was like i don't understand why if the goals are so powerful what do they have to fear about this song you know and like these people aren't like projected across the world you know or anything their song doesn't get out of their little mining company so what or town so like why would you not let them sing it i just don't know yeah, you're right. It totally is. <laughs> I mean, uh, I wasn't even thinking of all this, the connections. I'm really glad you brought that up because it really, it really does make the whole premise fall apart. Like yeah. It's just so many threads taken from and other Can I stories. just say, like, one reason Katniss really works for me in a way that this guy doesn't is that she is a child and she's lived in this small rural community her whole life and she's thrust into this world and she feels that thrusting. Yeah. Can I say? And Darrow doesn't. He was given smart juice or something at this <laughs> facility, and now he's a master strategist. I mean, he's a yokel who's never met anybody. He's never gone anywhere. He's never done anything. But, like, the moment after his first test, he's already being like, well, this is what they're testing us for, and this is how it will play into the next one. And he's never unsure. So it's, like, hard to connect with him as a character. Yeah. That's a good point. He's never unsure. It's it's true. I mean, he says kind of, like, what will happen, but he's never he never takes – he never hesitates to take the step that does make it hard to connect with somebody because then like you either have to like truly see the world through their eyes and feel the things that he feels and like it's just I just can't you know from the way he's written I think that's a good point there's another YA book that I read that I feel like this one has a similar concept so in this book there the reds are told that they're like you know terraforming the planet or whatever and making it um, livable for humans or whatever but it's been livable for a while and they're just keeping them as slaves and um, have either of you read uh, Across the Universe by Beth Revis? Yes. Um, so it's a trilogy so spoilers. It's fine. I read <laughs> okay. the first one years ago. <laughs> okay. But um, they're on this spaceship and they're supposed to be going to this new planet to like set it up and then and each generation, like, on this ship is told, like, we're going to be there soon. We're going to be there soon. Maybe not in your lifetime, but in your kid's lifetime. And it keeps, like, cycling over and over. And it turns out that they reached the planet a long-ass time ago. But there's some, like, scary monster down on the planet, so they don't want to land. So they're just telling the people on the ship that, like, we're almost there. We're almost there. And then kind of just wanting people to live out their lives, like, on the ship, thinking that they're going to be there soon oh when they God. got there, like, a zillion years ago. So I'm like, mm read this before too <laughs> that's a terrifying existence <laughs> that reminds me of the godzilla anime jamal was watching <laughs> 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 they like wake godzilla up and godzilla destroys them so the humans leave and they're like they're going to find another planet and then they decide to go back turn around and go back to earth and then they have to fight godzilla again and he's really big <laughs> they have a spaceship pew pew <laughs> <laughs> nuke him from space he's li- he's got some sort of like force field <laughs> I don't know that's funny <laughs> uh, yeah, this 
this book was not my jam. Yeah, no. no. And I heard book club really didn't like it either, right? I only know one person I've talked to who really liked it, and it was a boy. So, I mean, <laughs> clearly, when we talk about books for boys, books for girls, I mean, I really don't like that shit. Clearly, this is a book for boys who are into misogyny. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, are fine playing into that trope or, like, don't even see it. You know, that's what I thought is, like, I wonder if he doesn't even realize how permeated the violence is. You know, just in, like, the little languages, the little, the, the jokes, the threats here and there. I was like, I bet he thinks this is actually funny and not speaking directly to his fragile masculinity. Right. <laughs> you know. And also the false rape in the book where uh. the girl pretends to be raped so she can gain an advantage over him. Oh, me. my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, all of that. That's just, uh, <laughs> that plays into that idea that guys think, like, women do this. And it's like, no. <laughs> no. No. Okay, so the drinks are distilled fungus liquor, which <laughs> is what the Reds get drunk off of. <laughs> Yum. I try it. <laughs> I have plots within plots. And I said this earlier, but this is one of the only books I've read recently where I didn't see the plot twist in advance. And I, besides everything else, I appreciated that. I read the wiki, but what plot twist are you talking about? The one where, like, he, instead of filling out, fulfilling the game with the houses, he attacks Mount Olympus and takes the, the pr- proctors down to the point where, like, the outside people have to intervene. He takes the game down. So how does he then proceed in the next step to society? So the next book, he he chooses to align himself with the current governor of Mars's family, who's actually, like, the father of both the girl that he likes, Mustang, Mustang and the guy who eats people. <laughs> they're, they're siblings. And so he aligns himself with that house as a way to, like, keep his enemy close yeah and he wants to make him like the greatest that house has been diminished because the house that they're fighting with has like killed most of their people um which is why the twins are kept separate anyway blah 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 so he goes to the next school which is to learn how to fight with spaceships and he fails at that like he doesn't win that game and so he goes home in shame but then it's like been a long time since he's heard from the Mars guy, what is it? Just what is this called? Like, whatever the the people, the cell, like the who's gonna keep who were the ones who got him out in the first place, and then he finds out who that is. It's actually one of the Golds. So then he like takes the next steps to take down the governorship of Mars and like fight Octavia Alun, who's like in charge of the society, and infiltrate her system or whatever. Mm. It's, it's so complicated, it's right? It sounds very court intriguing, which is admittedly not something I've ever been interested in. Mm. Like, I always skip that part in novels. <laughs> I want to I hear about the sword battles. I don't care so much about uh, who's going to be king. <laughs> the strategy stuff I like, and, like, that's what Mustang's part is, right? Like, she's the strategist. And then I do I do like that he he keeps making friends of people of different colors, and, like, they all show they all show that they're not a stereotype, but then the way that they show they're not a stereotype is also a stereotype <laughs> in, like, a different way. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. <laughs> but they eventually start a war between, like, between the golds and then um, have to, like, yeah, it's a whole, a whole thing. But um, it's interesting because then, it, like, the battle keeps expanding, right? Like, it was the school, then it becomes mars or the moon then it becomes the whole universe and now everybody's at war but there's never like the violence never stops so no one ever gets to chill and just like have <laughs> some juice you Enjoy know their, their smart juice. Yeah. 
They're cool, like boots or whatever. Grab boots. Yeah, grab boots. What? Okay, sorry. Uh, usually in futuristic books, when they come up with kind of like slang or whatever that sounds stupid, but it's like a mark of you know this time i kind of i'm usually okay with that because i'm like okay we wouldn't you know language evolves or whatever but bloody damn really like that just got on my nerves oh this bloody damn thing and that bloody damn i'm like so you're just okay (laughs) it's just two words you're putting together yeah it's not a new whatever it just bothered me a lot of (laughs) things bothered me Yeah, you I mean, Dune, it was not. <laughs> like, he was trying. You couldn't read this book and not be bothered. I, <laughs> I also think that's kind of the intention, right? Like, he's trying to make it as, like, severely violent and shock, shocking as possible, you know? The torture and violence only gets, only gets worse. Like, he just one-ups himself, and then, like, okay, well, now we got people, like, with missing hands, and, like, living in boxes for a year and like all this stuff it's like anyway that's not the part that i like i kept wanting to like i kept wanting to give him the benefit of doubt and like okay are you gonna get get outside of your boxes but he never does so Eh. all right (laughs) (laughs) well thanks for listening um we're gonna wish you delicious books delicious books only delicious reading (laughs) until next time Bye. bye